Shall we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for this time that we can gather fellowship around your word. Thank you for the ability to do that in freedom and openness. Thank you for this community that allows us 
to be here. We ask that you would bless it, that you would bless our nation, that you would bless us with leaders that would look to you for guidance. We ask that you would bless our homes, that you would give us wisdom to hear and to know your will, and that you would give us faith, and that you would give us that ability to share that with our little ones and with those who are near and dear to us and with our neighbors, and that you would put in hearts a longing for that Christ, and that you would lead and guide hearts to that message of salvation. We ask this morning that you would be in our midst and that your spirit would be here abundantly and that it would open the word for the speaker and open the ears for the listener, that we could be fed and refreshed, corrected and guided, and that we could walk with that peace of knowing we are your children. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Does someone have a song we can continue with? 371. 
there's enough equipment up here that it may start scaring me. And I was afraid this thing was a mirror, so I didn't know who I'd be looking at. I'm not sure why when Shane and I take turns up here, it seems like I'm up here every Sunday. Maybe he feels the same way. Anyways. For a text this morning, we'll look at sixth chapter of John. And I'm not sure how much to read, but I'll start. I'll read with the 41st verse. To the 58th. And we'll look at some other things too. So reading these words in Jesus' name, that's Gospel of John, 6th chapter, 42 to 58. 41 to 58. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me shall... Even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Amen. If we look at the first half or so of that chapter, we see the miracle that took place and the the boy that it had Well, there was 5,000 people gathered, and it says there is a lad here. There was a problem with how they were going to feed all these people. There's a lad here which has five barley barley loaves and two small fishes. What are they among so many? And then, of course, Jesus blesses these things, and, and they multiply enough to feed everybody. And then... There's different things there take place. But Jesus says, 
of these of these people and and this great following. He says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, for that, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath the Father sealed." They then said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And we hear this probably quite often. And it, it, uh, it's hard to understand for, for the natural mind that wants to do something. And of course, uh, that, I, I think we can all relate to that, that it's, it's easy to have that thought that what should I be doing or what can I do? And Jesus answers with that, what I say, famous few words that might confound us in our natural thinking. He says, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. So when we ask, what, what can I do? Can, can I do something? Can I accomplish something? He says, believe on me. Believe on me. Believe. Believe. We have, we have to believe a lot of things. We have to believe the, the prophets that this, this Jesus would come and we have to believe that he, he has come and we have to believe that, that, that he is the only begotten son of God. We have to believe that when, when the angel tells Mary that the power of the highest shall overshadow these and that holy thing that would be born of the would be the son of God so many of these things are, are something we can't get our mind, our natural minds around and believe but it says we, we believe on him whom God has sent we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ they said therefore unto him what sign shewest thou then that we may see and believe thee what Dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then this refers to some of this that I read. Jesus talks about the bread that Moses gave them. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. And we know that physically speaking, those Israelites in the desert were, were fed by that manna. And, and we can look at that manna and say that that's a, a, a true picture of, of God supplying our needs. And, and we might just say natural needs, but he, supply, he supplies our spiritual needs also. But Jesus separates the two, the two breads. He says, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Well, we know that in a physical sense, I guess it fell out of the sky, which we talk about as being the heavens. But Jesus is talking about a different heaven. My Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And this, I think of the the story in the parable of the sower, how some received it, this seed with 
with joy. And, and of course, we know that the sower goes forth to seed. And we have the picture of them in our minds of the, the old time with the man with the bag of seed under his arm. And, and he's casting seed out. And the, the story is related that way that he's, he casts it on all types of soil. It's a picture of, of, of us and how we are and who we are and whatever condition of heart anyone is in, any individual is in when they hear the word of God, when, the, when this, this seed is cast out, some are able to receive it and hang on to it. Some, some receive it with joy and they're not able to hang on to it because of, it says, the cares of this life riches and all kinds of things that that tempt us and draw us away some some receive it with joy and and then they can't hang on to it Jesus says I am the bread of life oh then they then said they unto him lord evermore give us this bread it sounds like an appealing thing an attractive thing give us this Forever, evermore. Give us this bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father hath given me shall come to me, and to him and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I am come down from heaven. Not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is my Father's will that which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose, lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We, we live in a, in a troubled world, and if we listen to the news and the happenings that are going on all over the world we need we need something rock solid and we need something stable and we need we need this word and Jesus gives us such a such a beautiful promise there that if we can come to him he will supply our needs he will calm that storm that's around us so after these things, then are these words that I read, the Jews then murmured at him. The Jews, the Jews had their faith, and we know that Jesus was pretty harsh with them, oftentimes. And I, I guess I ponder these things sometimes that. There were some of them that that came to his calling and, and came to, to an understanding of what he was saying, but so many of them didn't. They were they were so steeped up and revved up about their own their own understandings that they just thought Jesus was a confusion. And they tried to, of course, put him down and and do all kinds of different things to him, thrust him out of the city and all these things. They didn't have a lot of use for him. So obviously we see here, oh, these, these 
these beautiful words that he speaks. And here's how they received it. They said the Jews murmured at him. Because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Kind of strange words, maybe, to our, to our natural thinking. And they indicate that by that statement. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven? Well, some couple of months ago, I think I went through that lineage of how it goes all the way from Adam to Jesus. And it says of, of Jesus, as was supposed, he was the son of Joseph. So these people, they don't seem to know any different. They are supposing that he's the son of Joseph. We know that he's the son of God. We know that he's that bread which came down from heaven. And we'll talk about that here. As we go on, how is it that he says then that he came down from heaven? Jesus is patient with them. He says, murmur not among yourselves. Be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you're thinking. He says, no man. Of course, they're not viewing him as the son of God. They're not viewing him as a savior. They're still waiting for some kind of a Messiah to come that it's not opened up to them that they're, they're actually talking to the Messiah, Jesus. It says, No man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God, every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. And there's a reference in Isaiah 54. This, I believe, is speaking of, of these times that would come. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. And I'll just read a few more verses there. It says, In righteousness thou shalt be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear and from terror, for thou, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fa- fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy no weapon is that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. We, we live in a we live in a protected environment under the would we say the shadow of the wings of Jesus. We can't, there's another thing we can't understand with our natural carnal thinking. It says, no man can come unto me. Of course, these, these Jews aren't, 
aren't in that condition of heart where they they have a desire to come unto him. But the word of God draws us. The word of God should draw them. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. I read this. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Jesus has not only seen the Father, he he is one and the same with the Father. As we speak of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So how is it then that we can have Jesus revealed to us when we can't see the Father? It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. He's trying to explain to them. The, the spiritual side of things and that we will live we will live forever we, we when when man is born he comes into this world and and we see there in the first chapter of, of John I believe it is how we're given that living spirit and when we pass from, <coughs> pass from this life and sometimes we talk about that how how some of those in the Old Testament lived 950 and 60 years. But they passed from this life. And, and some hardly draw breath and they pass from this life. But this living spirit is given unto them. And that, that spirit does not die when, when the person dies. The, the man of the flesh dies. The spirit lives on. The spirit, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes, it says that it returns to God who gave it. So he's saying of himself, I am that bread of life. And then they are offended at, at, at him saying that. It says, they murmured at him because he said he's the bread which came down from heaven. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. And then they stumble at, at this that how, how can he give, him, uh, give of himself for us to eat? Well, we know that, physically speaking, he, he didn't do that. And, and we, don't, we don't do that ourselves either. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. We partake in the work that Jesus accomplished here. We partake in in the in in this that we when it says here this is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He has sent. We believe in the work of salvation. We believe the the work that He accomplished, and we partake of this. When when we have when we have our sins revealed to us, then we come into that place that that uh, Isaiah comes into in, when, we, in, when it talks about his conversion. 
I'll read a couple of things here in Isaiah. Well, the very the very first chapter of Isaiah. Hear, O heavens, and give, o, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel did, doth not know, my people doth not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger. They are gone away backward. That's the first few verses in the first chapter of Isaiah. Then the 16th chapter says, Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead with the widow. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And we know, I guess I read this often, the sixth chapter. This is, this is Isaiah himself and his conversion. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings with twain he covered his face face with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly and one cried unto another say and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory isaiah is coming to an understanding of what he is and that is that he's a sinner we have, each one of us has to come to that understanding the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke then said I woe is me for I am undone <clears throat> excuse me because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken up with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has, this has touched thy lips. Thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. I believe that we, we see this and experience this in the laying on of hands and the preaching of the gospel that we come to a brother or sister or publicly, whatever it may be, with a penitent spirit and understanding, penitent heart. And the children of God can lay hands on us. I believe that's what... I don't understand all the depths of this to, to make a parallel to this, but when they take the tongs and take a burning coal from the altar and laid it on his lips... 
It says, Thine iniquity is <coughs> taken away and thy sin is purged. The first few verses I read about about there, it, it tells them they're sinners. There's there's trouble there. And then it, and then it says, Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. And I think we can all relate to that, that if we... If we try to do these things of our own strength and and would we say lack of understanding, we don't we don't get anywhere. We bring these things to God. We bring them to where God's people are and where Jesus dwells in the hearts and lives of those that have been given faith to believe in him. And there I believe it's in in um Ephesians, anyways, where it says that we're ambassadors for Christ. We do that work for him that he left us with that calling and that instruction to take this word out and offer offer forgiveness to the penitent in the name of Jesus. Jesus always says, do these things in my name, not not that we do it of our own strength. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. A man may eat thereof and not die. Uh, this is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. So he's referring back to those children of Israel in the in the wilderness for 40 years how they lived on that manna they lived on that bread he calls it but they died and we know that we will die also physically but we know that many of those and the word refers to it many many times those those days of the children of Israel as days of provocation whether they provoked the living God. They kept on falling away and turning away and then coming back and God would bless them and they'd forget about that in time. Seems like sometimes it didn't take very long. They forgot about him and and his blessings. This this is something that is solid and it's eternal and it's, it's, it's what we can hang on to. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give of his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. We, we spiritually partake of him. We, in, in the Beatitudes in Matthew there, might, might be the first first thing we think of where it says of all those blessings it comes to me anyways this way um, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted we always maybe, maybe I'm the only one but feel sorry for myself if I'm poor or mourning or 
too meek. We're supposed to be aggressive in this world. It says, blessed are the meek. Blessed are they. The sixth, the sixth verse. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. I think if we look at, at that that I read about Isaiah and his conversion... We, we get a glimpse of the power of God. Mo- most people on earth, whether they are into these heathen faiths or, or in living faith, most people believe in a higher power of some kind or another. And, and, and we know that there's just countless religions built up and based on these kind of things. This understanding that we get from Christianity is the only faith on earth that speaks of someone else doing the work that is required for us to receive of God. And of course, when when this life is over, we, we have that promise that we will look forward to the entering the shores of heaven. So, these Jews, it says, they're striving amongst themselves. How can this man give up, give up his flesh to eat? They're still just seeing him as another person. They don't see him as a son of God. They don't see him as a savior. They saw his miracles. Jesus says you have to look deeper than that. We have to look into the depth of, of who Jesus is. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life in him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So I just read that in the, in the Beatitudes. It says, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, not the natural things, we can hunger and thirst after, after natural things. We can, we can be hungry, and we can be thirsty on a hot day. We've got to look at, at deeper things than that. Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, we have you have no life in you. Jesus gave of himself. We we know that these same Jews you might say physically speaking were a big part of putting him on the cross. And of course the Roman soldiers were a big part of putting him on the cross. But the love that he had for us constrained him to go to the cross. And we know that Jesus had that power to lay down his life. None of us would have that. He had that power to lay down his life for us. Take on our sins. Take on the sins of the whole world. And I guess each of us as individuals can say, well, if, if he just had mine to take on, that would be enough or too much. He took on everyone's sins. And that's why we see, and we're coming into that Easter season, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it says that he became, <coughs> he became very heavy, 
and very sorrowful. And his disciples who were so bold as to say that we will never let you die. We'll never let anything happen to you. Count on us. We might say in our more modern language, you can count on us. We will stay with you. Well, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he goes to pray for a little while, an hour or so, and he comes back and he finds him sleeping. He says, can't you abide with me even for an hour? He had to. He had to go these things alone. We partake of this by coming to that understanding that we come to a deeper understanding that we haven't just maybe said something wrong or offended someone or tripped someone up a little bit, but that our very nature is sin. And it's a sin that put him on the cross. It's our sins that caused him to go through with the Garden of Gethsemane experiences, the cruel mockings, the crown of thorns, all those things. They stood around the cross and some said, well, if you're the Son of God, bring yourself down. I, I guess I, I can't say for sure, but I, I think those people didn't have any idea that Jesus would have been totally capable, capable of doing that. But as we know, Jesus says, not my will, but thy will be done. He, tell, he tells his Father, Heavenly Father. So he dies on the cross. And he fights that battle, which is a battle between all right and all wrong that this world has ever known and experienced. And he is victorious over the wrong and over what is what has taken place. We partake of him in that way. And we feed on that. And he says here, and, and we do it in the communion service, we, we eat his body and drink his blood that way, that we partake of these things that he did for us. We die with him. And when he rises from the dead, we rise with him. He has accomplished the work, not us. He simply says, just believe in me. Believe in what I've done. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There are countless, countless millions and billions that have walked this earth that are sleeping in their graves. And that last day, when Jesus returns, he will raise them up and take them with him. I, don't, I, I can't predict that he's going to come in my lifetime. But there will be those that are living at that time. And it says that the, the ones that are in the graves will be risen up first. And then 
we will be caught up. Those of, those of us that are still here in, in living flesh. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. How are we separated from the world when it says that we have partaken of these things? All these people in the world haven't partaken of these things. We have been a partaker of these things. In Revelations it says that if if we have partaken of these things that the second death has no power over us. The second death is the is the death of our, our soul and our spirit. And of course, it doesn't die in that way that that we think of an animal dying and it just turns into so, sod and soil again. But this eternal death is an eternal separation from God. And it's, it's a terrible thing. But so many have chosen to go that way. As we see with Moses, he says in the faith chapter there that he, he chose to suffer affliction with the children of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And the old preacher Fred Johnson, I, I liked his, his poetic style, would I say. And he says, Moses could have been heir to a pyramid. And think of all the honor and glory that would have given him. It's worth nothing. That he'd be laying in one of those pyramids for 5,000 years or whatever it be before Jesus comes. And what we say, gained the whole world but lost his Savior. He chose to suffer affliction with the children of God, his own people. It wasn't a it wasn't anything to envy that job that God gave Moses to lead millions of people out of Egypt. Stiff-necked and disobedient people where if we read. He chose that. That's, that's the reproach of Christ the word speaks about. He chose the reproach of Christ. Uh, how does it say that's better riches than all the treasures in Egypt? Something like that. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. That's where our strength comes from spiritually. That's where our nourishment comes from. We gather... In, in the name of Jesus, around his word, to be fed from this word. The natural understanding of man can't understand that. Probably thinks we're half crazy. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. This is more than the physical manna that rained out of the sky and fed the children of Israel. This is living manna. Jesus is living manna sent down from heaven.
He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, and who can hear it? And Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. He said unto them, Does this, doth this offend you? It's interesting that he calls this, he calls this great number of people his disciples. He says, Does this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray them. And he said unto them, Therefore I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. We can, we can praise God each one of us as individuals that our Father, has called, our Father has called us and He has introduced us to His Son. If we want to seek this higher power and this higher being that I mentioned earlier that probably most people heathen or, or Otherwise, understand that there's a higher being. We're introduced to him here. Let's be thankful for that. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. What a, what a, what a sad statement. It just makes us grieve. And Jesus said unto the twelve, his twelve disciples, will, you go, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe that, and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We had that time where Jesus asked, asked Peter exactly, the same question. Well, a little, little bit different. He says, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter answered. Peter, Peter was aware of those forces and people and things he heard around him. He said, Some say that you're Elias, or Elijah, pardon me, and maybe some other prophet. Who do you say that I am? Peter says exactly the same words as he says here. We believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Praise God that we've been introduced to Jesus. Praise God that he called me. Praise God that he has given us that understanding of the way of salvation. And we can avail ourselves of it so freely and so so easily. Not, Not easy for the flesh. But when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, the the word and, and, and elders encourage us, just do it. Find that faith to do it.
God will bless. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.